Working in a bridal shop in Flushing, Queens Till her boyfriend kicked her out in one of those crushing scenes What was she to do? Where was she to go? She was out on her family So over the bridge from Flushing to the Sheffield door She was there to sell makeup But the father saw more She had style, she had style She was there That's how she became the nanny everybody welcome back to unscripted unlimited here on the everything unscripted podcast network uh we have of course a full nut house here tonight uh as we are here for the uh second of our sitcom debates nbc versus abc versus cbs it's boy meets world versus the nanny versus frazier i am your host this evening doug hummer uh and of course representing Representing Boy Meets World, Sean is here. Hello. All right. Representing Frazier, I believe Karen is here. I'm here. Yes, yes. All right. And representing the nanny, Sharon is here. Hello. And she is going to have help. My mommy's here. Hello. Uh, <laughs> okay. And then, of okay. course... And then, of course, uh, our judges for this evening, Eric is here. What's up? To try to do everything in his power to make sure Karen wins. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's not fair. (laughs) Yeah, uh, we don't need to get into that. Uh, But, uh, (laughs) all right, Clintus is here. Yes, I am. All right. Rick is back with us for Curtis, the first time in a while. remember who makes your drink. Hola. <laughs> and then, of course, representing the wrestling outlet and also the president of the Bret Hart Fan Club, Boxman's here. Yes. here. Well, don't worry, Ma. He's a judge, so you don't really have to hear him. Uh, everyone gives a point. All right, so get right into it. So uh, three sitcoms, one represents ABC, which is Boy Meets World, the nanny who represent, who uh, was on CBS, and Frasier, which was on NBC. So it's going to be a series of, de- of debates that we have done. This is the second one. NBC has already gotten the win uh, because on our last debate, Karen beat the hell out of uh, Eric and I and got the win for Night Court. <laughs> although it's not necessarily, although, to be honest, and she bragged about the victory, which uh, to certain people, which is, you know, I don't blame her, but also she bragged about beating a guy that helped her win the, the last round and a guy that also really can't complete a sentence. <laughs> but to my defense, what show is now premiering as a new version of Night Court? Did yeah, you guys no, hear I, about that? No, I, yeah. It's one of the reasons why I picked Night Court to be in that debate. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, yes, it is coming back. So, yeah. And it looks as Dan Larroquette is coming back with it. So. Yeah. No, it's it's going to be a good show, and it was a great show. And yeah, I do think it deserves to win. It's just uh, 
when some because somebody told me because uh, somebody that you were told that you had won started making fun of me, but she had no idea what what you beat me at. Oh, and, okay. And she just like, and I was just like, oh yeah, it was a really good episode. She goes, what are you talking about? I said, if you're gonna make fun of me, you better do it correctly. Yeah, she has to listen. Yeah. Uh, yes, they need to listen because it was it was a tough debate, and me and you were close. Yeah. So you know, we but we also learned that Eric needs to do his homework if he's going to debate. Yeah, that Eric, Karen. That's why he's a judge. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. So, all right. So we're gonna we're gonna get right into it. There's four rounds to each debate. All right. Your your first round is going to be the pilot episode. Second round is characters and plot. Third round is best episodes moments. Fourth round is impact and legacy, or impact slash legacy. So what's going to happen is we're going to throw it to each uh, combat or each debater. They're going to they're going to tell us a little bit about their show, uh, whatever round we're in. After everybody gets a turn, I'm going to ring the metaphorical bell, uh, and then everybody's going to debate as to why their show has the better you know whatever round we're in. And then after each round. Everybody is going, or all the judges are going to give their point. Now, I'm just the host. I'm not judging. Uh, I got four judges, so I didn't have to judge. Uh, and I, I got Huh? I thought you said you were going to debate one of these things today. I'm not debating. Oh. But, uh, no, it's so, just us three or four. Huh? But, so, uh, and then everybody gives their points. Whoever's got the most points after all four rounds is going to win the debate. Uh, and so, does everybody understand? Yep. Yes, sir. Uh, all right. Yes. Okay. So, and uh, judges, just remember, you are, you are judging, you are basing your points on who gives the best argument, not what show you like better. Not what show you Land. like better, not which debater you like better. It is what, who made the better argument. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm all right. That will be completely... Yeah. So yes, sir. So far, I, I I want to hear. Even though I'm I'm a good thing because Sean's got my favorite show, Boys and Girls. I I want to represent as well. <laughs> All right. All right. So we're gonna start round one. Uh, round one is of course the pilot episode. Of. Uh, and so. Karen, you won the last debate, so we're going to let yes. you start talking about, uh, we're going to, uh, so start talking about Frasier's pilot episode. Okay, so Frasier is a character from Cheers, and when Cheers 
finally, uh, it wasn't canceled, but they stopped. They finished the show. Uh, they did the spinoff, Frasier, um, and had him move from Boston back to his hometown of Seattle. And Frasier moves back, and he gets this big, swanky apartment, and he's ready to have this single's life because he was married to Lilith and, and had a son. And um, uh, Freddie, I think his name was. And Frederick, yes. And they get divorced, so now he's going to start this new single's life. And a turn of events happen that you get to meet his brother, Niles who is also a psychiatrist and is this tiny little, very neurotic guy who's married to Maris, who is a, you never see her throughout the whole series, but she's just this crazy neurotic woman. And um, so then he gets there and then they find out their father needs to move in or be put in a nursing home. And it's the show through a series of comedic events, he ends up moving in with Frazier, who has this very swanky apartment, and he comes in there and moves in with his 20-year-old recliner that has that vibrates, and his little dog, and um, Eddie is his little dog. He's a little Jack Russell Terrier. And then they figure out that they need somebody to be there with his their father during the day while he's at work because he has had an accident. He was shot, and he has a uh, cane. He walks with a cane, and he has trouble getting around. And that's when you are introduced to the character of Daphne, who is from England and is really flighty, and Fraser doesn't want to hire her, but um, Martin likes her, who is... Uh, Fraser's dad, and so they hire her, and Niles immediately falls head over heels crazy about Daphne, but we'll get into that more later. And so that's how the story begins. Okay. All right. Sean, you have never lost, uh, you have never lost, like Karen, well, Karen's only participated in one, but you've never lost a debate on this show. Uh. And I yeah. think you've done like two or three of them. Yeah. So, all right, talk to us about I might, the fight. I might lose I, this one, though. All right, well, <laughs> great attitude. Uh, yeah, coming in hot. Yeah. Uh, you sound like Boxman the one time he did a trivia contest against myself and one of his former co-hosts on an old show he used to do. Uh, what did I do? Remember the one time on THP there was a trivia contest between you, me, and Anthony or something? Yeah, I was pretty much dead the moment I started, but uh, it isn't about me. Keep going. Yeah. Uh, all right. Sean, talk to us about the pilot episode of Boy Meets World. Okay. So I believe it aired on September 24th of 1993, and it introduced us to uh, Corey and his friend, uh, Sean and his brother Eric and you know the rest of the family and I want to say I haven't watched it in so long Eric was taking a girl to a Phillies game and Corey gets upset because he was loves the Phillies or something 
and gets confused between why his brother would choose a girl over him. And then it introduces Mr. Feeney, the legendary teacher everybody wished they had. And um, he is like trying to teach his class about Romeo and Juliet and the value of love. And I guess that like helps Corey understand and he helps his brother Eric with the date after he fails. And then it goes on from there. That's all I got. All right. Prepare for the pilot episode. You know, I gave you the rounds the other day, right? Yeah, probably just forgot. All right. Oh well. I did my best. All right, Sharon, Mom, whoever's going to take the take the run here. Okay. Talk to us about the the pilot episode of the nanny. So. Pilot episode of The Nanny, um, like Boy Meets World, this started in 1993. This was on November 3rd, 1993. And it introduces us. It starts with uh, a young woman, Fran Fine. She's working in a bridal shop. Uh, it's her boyfriend's bridal shop yeah. who uh, dumps her. He thinks he's going to propose. And he's like, I think we should see other people. He's like, since when? And he's like, since I've been seeing this, whatever her name is. Technically, that is a proposal, but not the one that... Right. So, uh, and then he's like, he's like, oh, Heather needs a job, too. So, Fran technically gets fired, and she storms out out the door, and next shot we see her, she has a briefcase saying Shades of the Orient. She's become a cosmetic saleswoman, and she is about to knock on the door of the Sheffield's residence. Niles Butler opens the door, thinking, mistaking her, thinking that she is a application from a firm for a nanny. And uh, she comes in, meets Max Sheffield, Maxwell Sheffield, who is the head of the house. He is a widower, and he is in uh, Broadway musicals. He's a producer. Um, so he mistakes her for a nanny applicant as well. After all the confusion, he hires her anyway because uh, his son Brighton, who scares up all the other applicants, did not scare off Nanny, uh, Grand Fine. Yeah. So uh, he's like, well, give her a shot. And uh, she actually fits in very well with family. The girl, Gracie, but she's the youngest. She's very neurotic and anxious and in therapy. Brighton's son, he's a middle child, he is uh, obnoxious and a troublemaker, and Maggie, the oldest girl, is uh, very shy and introverted, and um, they all kind of gravitate to Fran, and that is basically the first episode. Very good. Now, just so you know, like, uh, and I forgot to add this at the beginning of the episode, uh, or of this episode. All of these shows started in 1993. That's why I grouped them together. Uh, okay. So most of the shows that I grouped together for these debates all kind of had like a common purpose. This happened to be one of them. Yeah. Gotcha. So, uh, all right. So we're going to ring the metaphorical bell of, unless Boxman happens to have a real one in his office. Uh, no. Apparently not. Uh, Sorry. No, I don't. Sorry. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, so, all right. Karen, we'll start with you. 
why is Frazier's pilot better than the pilots of, of Boy Meets World and the Nanny? Uh, because these are Frazier is a spin-off, so he is already an established character that people know, and they're going to get to see a different side of Frazier and learn more about the character because in Cheers he wasn't as fully developed as the main characters in Cheers were. Um, also, uh, Frazier's character is holds the record for the longest character portrayed on television history. Um, you also have uh, veteran actors. Uh, the girl who plays uh, Daphne was on um, Murphy Brown. Um, Niles was a Broadway actor, and Martin is a uh, veteran actor of many, many years. They all do an, it's an ensemble piece, and it's very sophisticated humor, um, and it brings along a lot of the Cheers character. Well, that's not a pilot, I'm sorry. But it, it does a great job of introducing you and laying the groundwork for the comedy that is to ensue throughout the situation of them living, the father living with uh, Fraser and them. His father was a cop, and he's more down to earth where Frazier and his brother Niles are very uppity, snobbish, kind of higher society kind of people. So, um, I just I want think, to say that, come on, Karen, let's let's put it in reality. They're pompous asses. Well, yes. Yeah, Frazier okay, yes. was a stupid show. <laughs> okay. Now, now, hold on. We're not okay, talking about... No, no, we're no, talking about the pilot that. episode here. We're not talking okay. about... We're not talking about the characters yet. That's round two. Okay. So Sorry. You, I'm getting ahead you, of myself. I'm just talking about the pilot, which is what you guys are supposed to do. And I was nice and listened to you, too. <laughs> so I deserve the same courtesy. Yeah. Okay. That's what well, I have to say Well, uh, this is also the debate part of the show, and unfortunately, we do, you know, we do interrupt. But uh, Karen, go ahead if you oh, have okay. any more thoughts. So, uh, if, if I'm, there's also I also forgot there's Roz, who is Frazier's producer on the talk show that he now does on radio in Seattle, and she is a very colorful character. Also, and a bit of trivia. Roz, the, the woman who portrayed Roz, and I have to admit, I know all the character names, but I don't, I don't know, except for Kelsey Grammer, I don't know the actor's name. But the girl who played Roz in Frasier was the daughter of Jim O'Brien, who was a very famous weatherman back in the 70s on ABC. That's so there's just cool. a little trivia thrown in there, too. All right. Okay, uh, Sean, why yep. was the pilot episode of Boy Meets World better than the pilot episodes for The Nanny and Frasier? Um, I, I would honestly just say because it's more relatable to more people than, you know, someone getting a nanny or moving to Seattle. And it's like, you know, it, it's based on Corey, like a sixth grader at that time, I think he was, and it's so you're looking at a majority of kids and 
young teens that are going to watch that and even relates to the parents because of how like the kids act and what they have to do. So that's that's my argument. It's just more relatable than the other two would be to more people. Hey, Barry, then, Mom, whoever whoever then, wants to, or go ahead, Karen. That, that took place supposedly in, in the Pennsylvania and Philadelphia area, but I never, ever watching that show ever saw any scenes or any real references to make me feel like they truly were in Philadelphia area. The first pilot episode is about a Phillies game. <laughs> I think when it yeah, opens but, up in the classroom, Corey's listening to the game while they're reading a book. And he gets and he gets caught by Mr. Feeney. You never really see anything. I always thought that that show was very staged, and you saw a lot of states, the school, and their home and stuff, but you really never ever saw anything that was like the real well, world. Well, I, I I would disagree. I think it makes it more real because, you know, you're not seeing, oh, I'm moving to a big city. It's just a middle-aged, like, middle-class family trying to raise three kids. You got the sassy little sister, the guy who thinks he's a jock, and the older brother, and then the middle guy going through it all. All right. Okay. Uh, all right. Sharon, uh, let's throw you in here. Tell us why the pilots of the other two shows sucked and why the nannies was uh, better. Well, I think the nannies was better because the pilot episode really gave you a glimpse of what the show was going to be about. Starting with the theme song. Um, is I hadn't watched the nanny in years and I just started watching it again this week. And as soon as I heard the theme song, it's like, oh, my gosh, this is just like Sound of Music with fewer kids. And in the pilot episode, Fran Fine, who is going to be the nanny, actually says something to one of the kids as they're dismissing her for something. And she's like, but I haven't even sang Climb Every Mountain yet, which is a reference to the Sound of Music. Um, So that pilot episode really gives you a glimpse of what to expect throughout the season. So I think it's better than the other two because of that fact. All right. Anybody got anything else? How believable believable was it that this New York Jewish girl with the most god-awful accent comes in there in her short little skirt and her teased-up hair and is hired by this socialite Broadway producer? You really think in real life they would hire her? It's not supposed oh. to be realistic in that fact. It's, it's supposed to be a family comedy, and it's just it's supposed to make you feel good, which it did. In the first couple seasons, she did not. Her accent, yes, was there, but it wasn't. It got worse and more pronounced as the series went on. So that pilot episode, I don't think her voice was as obnoxious as it was towards the end of the series. Okay, but you do admit it is a horrible accent. I mean, yeah, her oh, voice yeah. kind of, her voice is bothering some. Yeah. Yes, it, it, it is bothering But she's also was one of the first ones to have to portray um, a Jewish American and really bring in the cult, the Jewish Jewish culture into the sitcom. All right. Does anybody? 
anybody else have anything they want to add uh, before uh, I end the round and we throw it to the judges? Nope. No, I'm good. Okay. Foxman, you heard the arguments? I Uh, did. If you have not passed out uh, from drinking yet, uh, you've heard the arguments. Who gets your point for this round? Um, honestly, I got to say, uh, the, the, the Fraser pilot sounds depressing with people getting shot and shit. Um, but the description does look great. Shot. Um, I thought you said someone uh, someone got shot, so they had to move in, had a cane or something. Yeah. Well, yes, the father was a policeman, and he had gotten wounded as when he was a policeman. Yeah. Well, yeah, there you go. So I I, I have to okay. have it right. Um, I got to go for the nanny on this one. That's the one that I mean, me never me never seeing any of these shows. I'm just going for who makes me want to watch the most. So. Uh, all right, well, Boxman is going to be reviewing uh, reviewing the whole uh, series of The Nanny on his next episode of The Hollywood Hangout. Uh, <laughs> all right, Rick, we'll throw it to you. Who gets your point? Um, you have to go with Boy Meets World. Just like they were saying, it's kind of relatable, just, you know, teenage boy going through life and everything that, you know, got to... Everything you got to kind of deal with as you're growing up, you know, that being, you know, being a teenage boy at one point, I, you know, kind of can relate some of that. Okay. All right. Eric? Um, I'm going to go with uh, Karen. You're going to go with, uh, you're going to go with Karen? No, Sharon. Oh, Sharon? Yes. All right, so you're going to go with the nanny. Yes. All right. All right, Clintus, who gets your point? Well, I want to go with Karen because I, I, I don't know her argument makes me want to, even though I know a lot Fraser, she, she makes me want to go like, so and make me want to check it out. So based on her argument, compared to the other two shows, which I have watched, and I do enjoy it, uh, on her argument alone, I want to go with Karen. All right, so you're going to go with Karen on that one. Yeah. All right. So, after round one, Sharon's got two points. Uh, Sean has one. Karen Karen has one. So, all right. Round two is characters and plot. I know technically we got into a lot of the characters in this round, so just talk about the plot a little bit, or if there's characters that we missed. Sharon, I'm going to give it to you first, because you're in the lead. Okay. So, um, just real quick, Fran Fine is the main character. She is the nanny um, for Maxwell Sheffield. He is the widower Broadway producer. He's got three kids. Um, I didn't talk about Niles. He is the butler. Uh, Absolutely hilarious. He um, has all all these little snide, sarcastic comments on the side and behind everybody. Um, 
that is very amusing. And then there's C.C. Babcock, who is Max's business partner with the Broadway musical. And um, her and Niles are always going after each other. They are absolutely hilarious with their uh, snide comments and um, well, witty comments, too. And come to find out towards the end of the show that they're cutting each other down verbally has been their form of flirting and they end up getting married at the end. Um, well, save that, save that for a moment. Yeah. Um, the kids I talked about briefly, you have Maggie, the oldest girl, you have Brighton, the son, he's the middle child, and then you have Gracie, she's the youngest girl, youngest child. Um, and then you have Fran's mother, Sylvia, who is they're always making comments, and she's making comments about her weight and how much she loves to eat, so I can totally relate to Sylvia Fine, because I, too, love my food. And uh, <laughs> um, and then you have Yetta, who is the uh, Fran's grandmother, who is in a nursing home, and uh, Fran's best friend, Vale. So those are the uh, side characters. Okay. All right. Uh, Sean, we'll go to you next. Talk to us about uh, the Boy Meets World characters, not just from the beginning of the show, but as the show went on, because there was there were so many. Oh, all the way through. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Well, it's based around Corey, obviously, and then uh, he has his friend Sean and the girl he likes, the Tanga, his brother Eric, his little sister Morgan, I wanted to say, and their their parents who are just basic, you know, basic parents. And then as the show went on, I think you got, like, your little side characters like Minkus and the ones that don't really make it past season two. And then, who is it? Uh, turns out Sean has a brother named Jack, and then a girl, Angela and Rachel, come along when they're, like, later in high school. And then you got Mr. Feeney, who's the principal throughout the almost the entirety of the show, almost. And then I think the only other one that they really focused on was Mr. Turner. And then I think that was it for, like, I mean, they had celebrities come in. I think Jennifer Love Hewitt was in an episode and then a couple other ones. But it was basically just based on the four, I think, like, Corey, Sean, Topanga, and Eric were a majority of them. And then Rachel turned out to be a porn star, if anybody cared. But I found that out today. Other than you that, I mean, they kinda... me a, a couple weeks ago when I brought right. up, you know, April O'Neil, a, a, a girl taking the name, a porn star taking the name of okay. April O'Neil. Yeah, uh, I know the difference. The Turtles character April O'Neil. Here's, here's, here's the difference, though, Doug. Uh, you looked that up on Google. I was watching a YouTube video about somebody depicting <laughs> Boy Meets World summaries. So, ha. I didn't anyway. look it up on YouTube. Um, I looked it, also, it up on YouTube, but we don't well, need to talk about that. Uh, yeah, I think I forgot to mention it also has Sean's dad in it and his mom briefly for a few episodes, but then I think in college or right as they get to college, she dies. Can't remember like what season. But that was basically it. They didn't surround it with like five, seven yeah. different characters. It was mainly focused on Corey, so. All right, Karen, uh, you talked about him uh, already in the uh, 
for the pilot episode, but you know, kind of uh, go over it again. The characters and plot of uh, Afraid. Okay, give me one second here. Um, all right, so you have you have Frazier. You have Frazier's father, who Frazier and his father live together. He lives in with him. And then you have Daphne, who also lives there with Frazier and takes care of Frazier's father. You have Niles, who through, I think that's the season six, uh, is married to Maris, and then he is in love with Daphne. And throughout the course of the series, it's about Niles loving Daphne while uh, from afar and secretly, and then him trying to figure out how to let her know that he loves her, and he's very uh, quiet and quiet and afraid to tell her until she's her wedding day, and she she stops her wedding to someone else in order to profess his love. Um, Frazier never really gets married. I think he, at the end, he does find someone that, you know, he so ends with him dating and being involved with. Um, his father dates various women that are in, live in the building, or he meets at McGinty's, the bar he likes to go to. Um, Roz is his studio uh, producer, and she ends up having a child out of wedlock, and at one point, she uh, matches up uh, Roz's mother with his father, and that doesn't work out too well. Um, and then there is Daphne's mother, who is a side character that comes in later in the series, because the series ran for 11 seasons. I'm not how long the other shows lasted, but Frazier lasted 11 seasons. And all of those main characters were in the show throughout the entirety. Um, and the plot of the show is just the interactions and the development and the growth of them as a family and their love for each other and all the comedy, stupid things that the two brothers do that get themselves in situations that are absolutely hysterical. Um, it's kind of like, um, well, we'd say it's kind of like a, a Fred and Barney or uh, Ralph Cramden and uh, Norton kind of thing where they're always coming up with schemes and and finding themselves in situations that are absolutely ridiculous and hilarious. Okay. All right. Uh, Boxman. Yes. Hey, you said you got one. Ring it, please. Oh, yes. Hold, please. Oh, All right. Good job. Uh, wow. All right. Sean, we're going to go to you first. Why do the characters and plot of Boy Meets World uh, kick the ass of the characters and plot of the other two? Oh, boy. Um, well... 
for the first stage as their kids they're just getting into you know the normal kid antics stuff and getting in trouble by their parents or by their neighbors and stuff and but then it progresses with the time as they get older from doing childish things to getting in trouble with drinking or you know going out and partying and stuff because i know there's an episode where Corey and sean get caught stealing alcohol and then it just progresses up from there so you're basically just following the life of a normal kid pretty much or as a kid as he journeys through life dealing with all those emotions and stuff i think it's better to look at that than all with this you know guy named crazer who gets to be a radio host and blah 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 or this nanny living in a mansion just my biggest thing is it was more relatable to, to me at least okay so, Jared? that's why i think they're better they're funnier too they get really funny eric gets hilarious when they get into the college years a lot of good episodes come from from their acting basically just one big family right all right sharon so i think the nanny's cast is better the main cast is a very solid group of actors um but i didn't even get into guest stars which they had tons of guest stars um, Dan Aykroyd, Jason Alexander, Horace Leachman, Rita Marino, Wallace Shawn, um, Roseanne Barr, Donald Trump, Carol Channing, Bob Barker, Chevy Chase. I mean, it, it, there's so many more. Um, back in the day, the, probably there's only a few of us on here that might know who Lamb Chop and Sherry Lewis are, but they were on there. Um, and there's a whole episode around that. I, that rem- I, will, I remember I will, that episode. That I will wait for best episodes. Um, but there's just there's so many different characters, and it's a very solid cast. And um, other than just a little and, um, you know, a bunch of snot-nosed little teenagers. <laughs> and, you know, psychologists, psychiatrists. So that's uh, why my that's why my caster is is their characters are better. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I will say is that like Roseanne and Fran Drescher on the same show, uh, I'm surprised it went another you know, however many. <laughs> she she was only on for for one or two episodes as, uh, as a relative. So. Relative of Fran? Yes. Oh God. Uh, all right, but it's not my place. To, I'm just the host of this thing. All right, Karen. Why is Frazier's cast and plot better than the other two? Because there were no kids. And I, as an adult, did not <laughs> want to watch shows of kids, about kids. I was a mom. I, wanted to, I want to escape when I watch TV. I want to watch something that's going to let me leave my world for a while and watch something that's totally unrelated. It was original. And it was hysterical. The comedic timing and the talent of these veteran actors was insanely professional, obviously, because they stayed on the air for 11 years. And they were just absolutely hysterical. And when we get to favorite episodes, I can elaborate more. But the comedy, the show makes you laugh from beginning to end. And it is just hysterical. It's an escape, and um, it's very well done. 
And I watched all three shows. So I know what the other two shows are like. And I just felt that Frazier was on a a next level above the other two shows, where the other two shows just seemed like very blasted com shows. I mean, fair, fair enough. I mean, I had, you know, personally, and again, I've got nothing to do with this. I'm just throwing it to everybody. I have my favorite of the three. I'm not going to say what it is because it'll make me sound biased. And I really, to be honest with you, you're going to say afterwards. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll say it afterwards. At the end. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But uh, all right, uh, box. Uh, go ahead and end the round. Okay. Um, all so right. Ring the so, bell first, Max. Oh, no, <laughs> there you go. All right. Okay. Now you can go ahead and give your point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, I'll start off by as a father of three, I completely get the whole argument on Fraser with no kids. I get it. I get it. Um, but uh, I'm going to go with the uh, – I, I, I'm going with the snot-nosed teenagers on this one, Boy Meets World. <laughs> uh, I like snot-nosed teenagers and uh, Topanga. That's always a plus. So, uh, yeah, uh, and also, we do also have to talk about the uh, – it also, you know, your, uh, your vote also does – explain to the maturity level of course not only of uh, your podcast but also ours well, which you I are mean, also loosely affiliated with so true I mean, so we, I've never said aren't I was, we supposed to be voting based on the argument given I was that is you know, I, about I it. <laughs> okay okay yeah yeah uh, alright Rick who's getting your point um Let's go, boys. Uh, boy meets world again. Okay. All right. Uh, Clintus, who are we giving it to? No, in this case, I want to argue lies to the men. That's what I'm going. All right. You just made Sharon's Christmas card list. Uh, <laughs> all right. Eric, whose Christmas card list are you getting off? Wow. <laughs> I have to say all three make great points. That a boy. But I'm going, I'm going with uh, Sean on this one. Boy Meets World. He did, he did emphasize that it's more relatable. I can relate to that more. All right. So after two rounds, we have Sharon with three points. Sean with four points. And uh, Karen, God bless her. She's still in it. She has one, and there's two rounds left. Okay, Karen. All right. I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. Yes. Uh so, all right. Round three is going to be uh, best moments slash episodes. Sean, you're leading heading into this round, so we're going to let you uh, 
start off, talk about some of Boy Meets World's best moments and episodes. Uh, okay, so the one that I was going to bring up is uh, from season, season 7, episode 3. I think it's called Angela's Man. It's where uh, Topanga beats up Eric in the in their apartment or something like that. And then Eric vows to take revenge on Topanga in the entire episode, always trying, like, he's trying to hide in the wall as a painting, a jump scare. He's hiding in, a vend- like, a vending machine, just staring at her. And he never really does get her. <laughs> and then I think one of the final episodes as well, they're doing, like, a flash into the future. And so, like, Eric comes in as Mr. Plays with Squirrels, and he married oh, a yeah. And, like, that whole episode. Um, But, like, throughout the entire show, I've watched more, I would say, of the later seasons than I did as a kid, like, more as a kid. But I think their best years were when they were in college because they had the apartment fight episode where McFoley came in and he was a ref while the, the three chicks beat up Eric and Jack for the apartment. And then there's one where I think Sean dresses up as a chick in high school, and then he starts getting hit on by all these guys. And then it turns his ways into thinking he's a playboy. There, there's just a lot. Mine, mine would definitely be the uh, revenge on Topanga because he's hiding in a painting. <laughs> and he ends right. up failing anyway. Okay. Uh, Sharon, we'll go to you talking about uh... – some of the nanny's uh, best uh, moments and episodes, if you will. I, I will. Thank you. Okay. Um, there were so many episodes that were very good, um, I think, because the humor um, within the show, was all, it was a running gag that went through episode after episode, and it wasn't just featured in, in one episode itself. But um, the first one that I can think of, um, takes place in the first season, and it's titled My Fair Nanny. And Maggie is going is throwing they're throwing a luncheon for Maggie, who is um, going to be introduced into as a debutante. So all these fancy schmancy people are coming over, and Niles and Maxwell don't think Fran's accent, which everybody finds so annoying, and her mannerisms are going to to work out. So it's kind of a play on My Fair Lady, yeah. and they're trying to teach Fran how to speak more sophisticated and how, to, and how to act more sophisticated. And it's absolutely hilarious um, the way she, and the, the, the line is, how now, brown cow, and how well Fran can pull off not having that nasal avoiding or annoying accent. So, um, it's kind of Eliza Doolittle-ish training session with Ann that Niles and Max has. And um, she's got her hair slicked back instead of the big hair that she's known for. And um, none of the girls are having any fun with Fran acting like this. And all the girls are bored at the party, and it's not going well for Maggie. And she's really getting embarrassed. And then Fran goes back to Fran and Everybody has a great time. Um, the girls have a good time. They welcome Maggie into their clique, so to speak, as debutantes. And uh, everybody just has a good time at the party. 
So I will stick with that one because it's one of the ones that sets off for the series. Okay. All right. Karen, talk about some of Frazier's best moments and or episodes. Okay. The first one, which is my personal favorite, is called Author, Author, and it's season one, episode 22. And the brothers, Miles is writing a book, and he has nothing done, and his producer comes, and the producer starts talking about uh, this scenario about uh, writing a book about brothers and their psychological um, issues with being competitive and, and sibling rivalry and how, you know, how they get along. And so Niles connives Fraser into doing this book with him, and they, they are very competitive, but they're both psychiatrists, and they're both very competitive, and they're both dorky and, as Sharon said, pompous asses in their own way. And <laughs> Fraser is a, is a bigger guy with a big head. If you know Kelsey Grammer, you know what he looks like. And Niles yeah. is this little tiny guy. And so they go through, they're trying to write this book and they're taking, and they, and they get to the point, they've tried writing at Fraser's, they've tried writing at Niles' house, they've tried writing at the coffee shop, they've tried, uh, Niles goes to Fraser's show and listens in on the show. They, they have a theme about brothers and they call in and talk about their problems with their brothers and they can't get anything written. So finally they decide they're going to go and stay at an average run-of-the-mill motel and write and seal themselves off from everybody else and sit down and write. But they're so competitive that they can't even get past the opening line without arguing. <laughs> it ensues that they get so mad and they've drank everything out of the... The, um, the bar, the room bar, and um, they start yelling and arguing, and the next thing you know, they're beating on each other, fighting, and wrestling on the bed, and, they're, and Razor storms out. And just to watch these two guys, who are about as non-athletic as you could get, um, wrestling and fighting with each other uh, physically is just hysterical. Like, I was watching it laughing out loud watching it over again. So that one is my favorite one. And then there is the one, another one where Frazier, Niles, Daphne, Martin, um, Daphne's friend who is played by um, Lisa Kudrow from Friends, and then a uh, French chef. They win tickets to the ski lodge and... um, they're at the ski lodge, and everybody's getting their signals crossed on who likes who. Lisa Kudrow likes Niles. Niles likes Daphne. Daphne likes the French chef. But Frazier likes Lisa Kudrow. And, but then their father, Martin, has a hearing problem, and he's telling different people the wrong thing. And so this one thing, and this, the chef likes Niles also. So and they're telling he's telling everybody like you know he's telling Daphne Niles that Daphne likes him and Lisa Kudrow likes Fraser and so it ensues that different people are in different bedrooms and everybody keeps catching everybody else and it's just absolutely hysterical 
the way they're all reacting and trying to figure one's chasing this one while the other one's chasing that one. And it's very, very funny. And then uh, the third one I'll pick is um, it's called Room of the View. And this happened in the, let me see. Uh, that one, the Ski Lodge was season five, episode 14. And Room of the View is later on. And Niles is having problems with a, a supposed toothache. And he goes to the doctor and he finds out um, that he has blockage in his heart. And so this this is a more serious um, drama episode than it is a comedy episode. Um, and it, he goes into the hospital for surgery and it shows the way that his brother, his father, Daphne, who is now his wife, Roz, who Roz and Niles never got along and they always snipe and insult each other all the time and what they go through. And Niles makes this analogy about how in our lives, the hospital is the place where we always go back to. We're born in a hospital. When we're sick, we go to the hospital. And usually we, when we die, we die in a hospital. And so then each of them seem to have memories of different times in their lives, like when Miles, Niles broke his leg, um, when Fraser's mother got sick, uh, she had cancer, and, um, and then back to Daphne's memory is of her telling Niles that you're going to come out of this and we're going to be, we're, everything's going to be fine. So that was a different kind of episode, but it also showed the talent and the range of these actors and how they could go from comedy to uh, dramatic parts. And it just showed the, dimen- the dimensional characteristics of the series also. Okay. All right. Boxman, bell, please. Ah. Uh, all right. Uh, Karen, we'll start with you. Uh, why are Frazier's best moments and episodes better than those of the nanny and Boy Meets World. Again, my argument is, is that the talent of these people portraying these characters are just amazing. Um, obviously, Frasier at this point has been playing, uh, Kelsey Grammer has been playing the character of Frasier for 16 years, so you feel like you've known him forever. And you get very, very attached to these characters um, as part of his family because you've already known him and his previous life in Boston. Um, And these people are just phenomenally talented. And the range, the the difference between Frasier and the other two shows is is the other two shows are about day-to-day lives with the children. And obviously I'm dealing with judges here who seem to prefer that kind of thing. But with Frasier, they have the freedom with their characters to go anywhere with their comedy and their storylines. They're not stuck with, oh, let's go to school today and who's going to fight and who's going to be mad at this person and who's going to learn 
a life lesson about, oh, you shouldn't do that to your friends, because that's basically what the other two shows are about in a nutshell. We're going to throw some comedy in there. The kids are cute. The kids are funny. The kids make a mistake, and they learn a life lesson, and everybody's happy at the end of the show. Frasier is a totally different concept, and it's Mm -hmm. very much open to, like I said, you have one episode where they're all running around in their pajamas, jumping from room to room, trying to connect with all these different people in a sexual way. You have an episode where uh, the brothers are fighting with each other, uh, just like as if they were 10 years old again and being little kids and competitive. You have another one where they're throwing this humongously important dinner party and it's at a beach house and a dead seal gets swept up by the waves right on the porch when they're supposed to go outside to watch a meteor shower and the two brothers are trying to get rid of the seal and end up being accused of murdering somebody because they use a robe with feathers to uh, carry the whale and uh, the seal and all kinds of other stuff. But they're, their situation and the plot of the story leaves them open to do a, such a huge range of different stories. It's just not the same thing over and over every week. Okay. Um, All right. Sharon, we're going to throw it to you next. Why uh, the nanny's best moments on episodes better than, well, you know the question. I know the question. Well, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I, I enjoyed Frasier for a period of time, but to me it got old quick. Um, I really didn't feel like there was a lot of range for the Psychiatrist Brothers, but it it was a decent show. I'm not going to take anything away from that. But um, as far as the nanny goes, the humor in it, like I said, they had so many running gags that went from episode to episode that I mean, yes, I only talked about one, but there were so many special episodes. Um, I had kind of alluded to it earlier with Lamb Chop, um, where Cece's vicious little dog actually gets a hold of Lamb Chop and kills, even though it's a puppet and isn't alive, it gets rid of Lamb Chop. And the humor around that and how they have to try and revive Lamb Chop and make a new one. Um, it's just the humor and also the romantic tension between Max and Fran because he's very reserved. She is not. And you can tell he likes her, but he's not going to let her know. And then Cece, his business partner, who is in love with Max, but he's not interested in her. It's just, it's, it's a comedy of errors, actually. And um, it goes from it just goes from episode to episode and and those themes are just a running gag throughout the whole series. Um, Boy Meets World, again, you know, uh, um, it was a decent show. Yeah. But um, I think there's only so much you can do with kids in high school. Right. Uh, Okay. Um, And I do agree with that. Sean, uh, same yes. question, but this time you're arguing for Boy Meets World and saying why the other two's moments and episodes, you know, aren't that good. So go ahead. Um, I would say a majority of it is because they changed with the time. 
as like, you know, every year went on and culture was changing, they were changing and kind of the nanny and Frazier kind of stuck to one demographic and I don't know. <laughs> I would say that. And just because like the actors, they could be emotional when they needed to be emotional through like, you know, Corey and Topanga or Sean and Angela breakup to, you know, the death of Sean's dad. And then they could be really funny in episodes. And when, especially when they were kids, you just got all the little smart, smart ass kid remarks and all that. But then I think it also taught how to have patience from like how Mr. Feeney's perspective came about. I know it kind of gave like life lessons, but it wasn't always the same lesson and like the consequences never were the same. It always went from like either detention to yard work and then they grew up and then it ended up being like getting arrested and all that stuff. So I think that's why they're better. It's just, it changed with the times, but it could also be a comedy. At the same time, it was also emotional with like some type of drama. All right. Uh, Boxman. Oh, plus Topanga. <laughs> That's a perfect uh, way to end the uh, to end that round. Uh, okay. That's a oh my God. All right, Rick, we're going to start with you. Who gets your point? Um, only because it's kind of like the stupid ways I would probably get back with someone uh, uh, they disowned me. Um, I'm going to have to go and blame me throw because just like hiding behind like a painting and like trying to scare and jump out and scare somebody. That's just kind of the, the, the stupid, you know, humor I would have. If I can kind of relate to that. Uh, to be honest, uh, to be honest with you, uh, being a former coworker of yours, I mean, I've never seen you hide behind a painting or anything, but. <laughs> uh, well, Eric hides is as the painting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I've never seen Rick do that either. But uh, well, no. But you know, I've, I've, I'm sure at some point I've tried to, to scare you or something. Oh leave. no! Many times you have tried. You tried to scare me when uh, when we were there. You and uh, your uh, whoever you hung out with at the time. Uh, mm-hmm. Eric, who gets your point? Um. All three make great points. Um, I'm going with uh, Karen this time. I think she oh. she had the better argument. Thank you, Eric. Uh, that's uh, that's also code for Karen. Please don't fire me this week. Uh, <laughs> but uh, all right, Boxman, who gets your points? Uh, this was a good round. All, all sound like really good episodes, but I got to tell you on this one, uh, Karen came out a swinging, brought up like six episodes, even a drama. Y'all know I like me some drama. And, uh, even though she in a roundabout way called me immature, Karen, this round. <laughs> well, I thank you. Uh, well, back, how far off is she? I didn't say I was arguing. I, I, and I, I'm not arguing the. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying, even though I'll still go with Karen on this one. You know, I'm, okay. but, but no disagreement though, at all. I, mean, I, I know I'm immature. I know. I know. Yeah. 
All right. Clinic, who gets the point? I'm going to go with Clinic. I think she had to go down all the episodes that you wanted to hear about and wanted to watch. Name the, the season, the time, the date, the episode. I think the argument was um, more about better than the other two. Thank you. All right. Okay. Uh, See, see, Karen, this this is what happens. Good things happen when you insult the judges. She came out with like, like Barry Bob in this round and started like pulling like you no tomorrow. Yeah. She uh, was more detailed when she came out. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not arguing with it. I'm just saying she calls you guys immature and three of the four of you give her, oh, really? give her a point. So obviously insulting you, yay, who's worse? <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, it actually did not. Because I feel insulted. Thank you very much. No, all right. I did not insult Planet. All she did was make a point. That's all she yeah. did. That's yeah. right. Exactly. Made a point. We are immature. She's correct. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying that. Like, uh, what she did worked because now she has four points after three rounds. Sean still has Sean still has five, five points. Or Sean has five points. Sharon has four. Everybody's in the game. Yeah. Everybody's so, back in the game. Yeah. So I'm moving, right? I have yeah, four. Just, I got three that round and one one and one another round. There was one where I didn't get any. Yeah. So Okay, now I'll uh, let everybody know that this is the last round, and if somehow there is a tie because of because I'm here, I'll just break it. So like I'll be I'll be the tie breaking vote if I have to, hmm. uh, just so we don't have to go to a bonus round. No, it's Vice President Hummer, I think. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sounds good. Sounds good to me. <laughs> so. Uh, all right. So this last round is the impact and legacy of your respected shows. Karen, since you beat the hell out of the other two uh, shows the last round, we'll let you uh, we'll let you start this round. Talk about the impact and legacy of Frazier. Okay. Um... Well, like I said, the character of Frasier holds the record for the longest character on television, which none of the other two can do. Um, It ran for 11 years, and I quite honestly don't know how long the other ones ran. I don't think either one of them ran 11 years. Um, Feel that those actors have gone on to do other things. And Frasier is not, it's still on reruns and it's played quite often on TV. These characters, I, I think it helped. Uh, the coffee shop, uh, you know, they kind of showed the little kind of Starbucks kind of type of uh, coffee shop on there. And um, they did show 
you a lot about human nature and how people get along and how we can fight with each other and still love each other. And, um, yeah, I found it to have a, I think they also help raise the bar on the sophistication of comedy on television and the, the quality of comedy and sitcoms on television. I feel that they had a lot to do with that in, in making that better also. All right. Uh, Sean, we'll go to you next. Talk about the impact and legacy of Boy Meets World. Okay, so it ran, I believe, for seven years, from 93 to 2000. But the impact it had was, a majority of it was from, like, the preteen demographic. But it had a huge impact on that from just being so relatable. And, like, uh, yeah, I mean, it was still I don't know what else to say other than that. I'm really bad today. I told you. All right. Well, yeah, it's just still, a show for like you know a, a a generation. It was just it was labeled as a generational show. It had really good ratings for as short as it was. Um, even in 2000, they had I think in 2000 was like their peak ratings. They were getting peak ratings, and the show didn't want to like get canceled. I don't remember why it ended, but they didn't want it to end, apparently, because of how good the ratings were going. Um, a bunch of the actors afterwards didn't do much. I know a bunch of them, like, finished college degrees and did, like, little off-brand stuff. One did, uh, I think Eric did a show on Cartoon Network as a voiceover for something. But other than that, and then coming Disney back for Channel. the new one, they came. Which one? Disney Channel. Oh, Disney Channel? Yeah, I, I couldn't remember. I just remember he did a voiceover. Yeah. Um, and then they came back and they all did cameo appearances for Girl Meets World. Right. But other than that, I think it had a huge impact on kids growing up from, like, late 80s to early 2000s. All right. Sharon, talk about Nanny's impact and legacy. Well... Impact and Legacy, there's been talks for a potential revival of the show. There's also talks, they're in works uh, as of 2020, I don't know, really know where it's at now, but they were talking about um, a stage adaptation of the show. Um, also, there have been, um, The Nanny has been shown in more than 80 countries worldwide. Um, and there were several local versions that were produced in other countries because it was so popular. And it was so popular in Russia that some of the original American writers from the show were commissioned to write new scripts after the Russian version had finished with the American version. So they were commissioned to write a whole new, all new episode. Um, it did only run for six seasons from 93 to 99, but it has lived on in uh, the foreign adaptations and, like I said, a potential revival and a potential stage adaptation. All right. Uh, Boxman, uh, Bellboy. 
Thank you. Uh, all right. Sean, we're going to start with you. Uh, why is uh, Boy Meets World's impact and legacy more important than the impact and legacy of the, uh, of the other two? I think because it shows uh, a life more of – well, here, let me start it off like this. Normally around that time you're seeing shows that come out with like a certain – like a family, they have superpowers or they're something different. They're not just like a normal family. And other than Family Matters and maybe Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, this was the other show that was more relatable to just the basic family life. And then it just goes – up in the times, every every year is different. You know, they're they're picked in like different life stories from like every character. So like Corey has that normal middle class family. Sean's in the poor. Topanga, you don't really has that rough parent life. Eric's just the jockey person, and then every character is different, and then it's always going to change. It's just very. I watched it a lot because it was very relatable from how I viewed my life as a kid. Okay. Growing up. And like, you know, the, oh, that classroom and there and that kind of looks like mine. Oh, I have a teacher like that. Or I wish I had a teacher like Mr. Feeney or a neighbor like Mr. Feeney. And then I, I honestly think the show more turned to a better focus of Mr. Feeney's perspective of how the kids were doing it. Because of all his like, life lessons and the way he would talk to you and stuff really like hit home for not only the kids watching it for you, but even for the parents. So I think it hit both sides. It hit kids more, but it also hit like, you know, younger to middle-aged parents. Plus the tanga. Everybody's crushed back then. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, that went notwithstanding, uh, I mean, I think she was uh, definitely Rick's crush because Rick's giving you all three of his points, I think. Uh, okay. Can I add one more thing, though? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So, like, you, you, you watched The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, right? Yeah. All right. Okay. So, like, that show is very relatable to that demographic as well. But... The difference I see between that and Boy Meets World is later in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, you see the mother singing in a mall and everybody like crowds around her. They're having a big party. And you kind of look at that as like, you don't really see that. That's not an everyday thing. And then later, you know, the, the girl starts, the daughter, whatever her name was, was singing and she got famous in a college cafeteria. Yeah. I think Boy Meets World kept it real simple to like, okay, this is everybody's normal day life, like how it goes. They're not going to just walk into a bar, pick up a mic, and become famous all of a sudden. Or they don't have like a superpower. They can do something better than everybody. They're just all just normal. Right. Okay. All right, Karen, you're up next. Talk about or why is uh, Fraser's impact and legacy more uh, more important uh, than uh than the other two. Well, like I said before, um, I think that it opened up a lot of new areas for comedy to travel, and it helped to raise the bar on the quality of comedy. Um, also, 
Frazier is also in talks um, to come back and reboot the series. Um, they, too, also left with their highest ratings being in season 11. So the show really could have continued. Um, but you had these veteran, veteran actors who just did an amazing job and like I said, um, showing you how good comedy could be on television and how you could break new boundaries and new areas and go into different areas of comedy instead of depending on, like, the other two shows, okay, you had the nanny thrown in there, which was a little, added a little difference to the show, but they were basically like growing pains and family matters from the 80s, all you know, and it just was a, a continuation of these family shows, the Cosby show, and, you know, it was just family show, family show, family show. Let's show everybody what a family is supposed to be like. Let's be, like, we were inundated with family sitcoms and kids' sitcoms, you know, full house. Like, we just dealt with kids everywhere on TV, and this was an adult comedy. Now, I understand that I am older than the rest of you in there, except maybe Sharon, but I think I'm still older than Sharon. And so I, when those shows were out, I was looking for something a little older rather than watching the family sitcom shows. So I think it gave everybody an alternative to that or to the police hospital dramas. It was something different. All right. Karen? Okay. So on one hand, um, I think Manny paved the way for um, Jewish leads. Um, I think Fran Drescher cleared the way for that loud, vibrant personality. Didn't see much of that before The Nanny. Um, and that show actually put the um, the actress onto the A-list with her portrayal, Fran Fine. And um, she also proved that a family's love is not just based on socioeconomic status. That she comes from a different side of the track than the Sheffield family, but it shows how through caring and listening that you can still have a family that gets along and um, love each other, and um, you can cross those those barriers. And I think. You know, she teaches the kids Yiddish and how to be, you know, for lack of a better way of saying it, a stereotypical Jew where you don't buy full pay, full price for anything and you, you get all the shit, all the sales. Um, and she was teaching the kids how to, you know, say those those Yiddish words. And, and I think she crossed, crossed a, um, a barrier for the, the Jewish Americans. So there's that. Okay. All right. 
Uh, box, ring it. Uh, my apologies for not saying please, uh, but uh, but thank you. Sorry. All right. You're welcome. All right. Uh, and box, you rang the bell, so we're gonna let you go first. Uh, who gets your Dang. final point for this round? Final point. This was a tough one. Um, they all made really good points. Other countries, blah blah blah. But I got to tell you, after the bell ring, I think the best argument came out uh, came from Sean from Boy Meets World. Okay. So there it is. All right. Rick? Everybody's just in love with Topanga. You needed some girls judges on here. Yeah. Uh, yes. You know what, Sharon? I agree. It's all about Topanga. It's all one. about Topanga. He <laughs> ended every argument with and Topanga. Okay. Okay. Uh, Let's be honest. Well, hold on. First, uh, Rick, uh, go ahead and give your point. uh, And and just remember that uh, the Golden Girls (laughs) might go wild here. They all make good arguments for the shows. Um, I'm actually going to surprise everybody and say the nanny, just because, like she said, it, it touched on a subject that, you know, I don't remember a lot of shows really bringing up, and that's just, like, the Jewish community and, you know, uh, all they've gone through over the over the course of their existence. You know, it's nice to see the recognition for them. Thank you. All right. Eric. Oh, Trinity made great point. This was a tough one. Do you work tomorrow, Eric? <laughs> no, no, hold on. I already knew he was going to kick your ass. Oh. I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. Of course, of course there would be no, no repercussions. <laughs> Okay. I'm going to go away with Eric, who are you going with? Boy Meets World. All right. All right, so he's going to go with Sean. Clinton, I mean, I think I already know who's going to win this thing, but give your point anyway. Well, I won't give mine to Karen. To tell you to Karen. Karen, how are you, Mrs. Best? Uh, even though I think she, she uh, or the nanny and boy, and boy meets well of love family, related, she stated the fact that it, oh, for Frazier was on a different level where you, just, you don't need like a family-based episode to have a good television show, and especially knowing that it lasts 11 seasons compared to the other two. Oh, it was great factors. Thank well. you, Clinton. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, okay, so that means after four rounds, Sharon has... Oh, we don't have to say I'm a loser. I already know it. Well, I got to announce how yes. many points you have. All right. Sharon's got the four. Sharon has four points. All right. Sharon has four points. Karen has five points. 
Sean has one, two, three, four, five, seven points. Boy Meets World wins the debate. No, Tanga wins the debate. So Sharon has five. Yes, thank you, Sharon. There's a reason why they said that name. I did not vote for Tanga. I never had a chance. I know. No, we just. Topanga argument is over for me. I'm sorry. If you, that's all you have is Topanga. I'm sorry. It's out. I'm a Boy Meets World fan. That was my number yeah. one show. I love it. And I even love the spin off of Girl Meets World. That was my favorite show. I love Topanga, but if you can't just go Topanga and your argument is that's going to be like the best out there. Uh, Clintus, that's, that's what happened. She was a generational crutch, man. Oh, he was my crush too. <laughs> EJ from Full House. <laughs> All right. Okay. So now. Congratulations. Congratulations. All right. Good job, Sean. All right. Congratulations, Sean. Sean, nice yeah, job. Missing. All right. That means that uh, ABC wi- uh, wins the debate here. Boy Meets World wins. I'll let everybody know what the next debate is going to be in two weeks is when we're going to do another one. I don't know what it is yet. I had one planned, but the pers- one of the people that I had scheduled for that show is uh, it's flaking out on me. Uh, so I got to come up with a different plan. Of, and I'll keep everybody updated. All right. Boxman, where can we find yes. you? Oh, Wednesday nights, about uh, 10, 15 p.m. Eastern time, right on YouTube Live. Uh, just look for Wrestling Outlet. Me and Smark over there talking wrestling. And I haven't done Hollywood Hangout in a couple of months, so no reason to plug it. I'm going to come back, but it's going to take probably another couple of weeks. So right. there you go. And his first episode back will be the nanny. Uh, <laughs> no, it won't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it won't be yeah. Uh, I'm, I may say that no, 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 be a good one. That'd be good. Sean, <laughs> Sean, where can we find you? Uh, Sitting yeah, well, that's too. That's too. Uh, over at, on Twitch under Elite Dipply Doc. All right. And on YouTube. All right. Very good. Uh, and if right. you need uh, construction, hit up Other Brother Construction. All right. Listen to us, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, every Friday night on blogtalkradio.com slash everything unscripted for the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. This Friday night will be Royal Rumble 2008. Uh, Catch us Saturday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for uh, Unscripted Unlimited. Uh, Eric, Eric, I'll probably let you pick next week's show because uh, uh, we'll do our next debate in two weeks. You don't have to bring it up now. You can text it to me in about five, ten, however many minutes. Uh, so, but that's uh, also <laughs> blogtalkradio.com slash everything unscripted. Uh, tomorrow, around 3 p.m. Eastern time or whenever they get to it, Daniel and Mindy with the Stabcast, they're going to talk about Scream, the TV show. Uh, Monday... 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Daniel and Clint, or Dan, not Daniel and Clint, Daniel and Bobby for the web cave. They will be talking about uh, 
they have a bunch of topics. They're gonna talk, they haven't decided a main topic yet, but they're going to be talking. Uh, they're they're going to have the reading assignment, among many other things, so listen to that. Uh, and then uh, this upcoming week, either Tuesday or Wednesday, or whenever they decide to do it, join Eric and Clintus for the hard hits. Uh, they will be reviewing week 18, reviewing Super Wild Card Weekend. And I want to thank everybody for being on. Uh, Sean, thank you very much, and congratulations for getting a win for ABC. Uh, Karen, thank you. Karen, thank you thank again you for being you. on. Uh, Sharon, Mom, even though, Mom, you really didn't say much. Uh, th- thank, uh, well, anyway, uh, thank you for thank you both for being on. You're welcome. Uh, and uh, Fox, Clint. Eric, Rick, thank you guys so much for being the judges and not, let, and not having me have to break the tie. I appreciate that. Uh, oh, Doug, what was your favorite? My, To be honest with you, my favorite is actually Boy Meets World, but it's got nothing to do with the panic because I think she's a no good bitch. Uh, oh, my God. We really wouldn't have felt that way. Yeah. My my favorite character from Boy Meets World was actually in the earlier seasons. It was Mr. Turner. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. What about Minkus? Everybody had a Minkus. Yeah. We probably have a Minkus in our group of friends, but uh, so. All right. So again, thank you everybody for being for being on. We'll see everybody next week. Uh, Daniel and Mindy will see everybody tomorrow for Stabcast. Uh, this was fun. Again, congratulations, Sean. And we'll talk to everybody next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Later. Bye. 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 Later. Thank Bye, you. Later. Bye. Thanks, guys. <laughs>